not being listened to. We're not being heard. We're not being respected. Well, here's our opportunity to change that. Right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we have NPR coming up in a few minutes. Yes, we do. And folks, this is the Sunday Forum. Your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the member of the Fourth Estate crew, the sole member today, Yumiko. And our guest is the Net Star Brookings candidate for county court judge here in Hillsborough County. We're glad to have her in here with us. We're having some um, very intelligent conversation here. Very intelligent conversation. Um, as many of you know, there's not a lot that she can say regarding um, uh, certain things that we would want to ask um, with good reason, of course, because that is a violation. But she's doing the best she can here this, this morning. We're glad to glad to have her here answering these questions that she is answering. Um, so uh, we'll be right back just after NPR in just a few minutes. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The Senate could take a final vote on the Inflation Reduction Act later today. Senators have been working around the clock after Vice President Kamala Harris broke a tie last night to begin debate. The bill is a scaled-down version of a proposal that addresses President Biden's domestic priorities, and it wasn't that long ago that it looked like it was going nowhere. And Pierre's Franco Ordonez. It was only a few weeks ago that Biden was conceding defeat on the proposal and talking about possibly declaring a climate emergency. I mean, this bill essentially rose out of the ashes, you know, giving new life to Biden's domestic agenda, you know, especially as it relates to the climate. The bill was revived when Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer came to an agreement with longtime holdout West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. President Biden has been cleared to resume public engagements and travel. Biden's White House doctor says he has tested negative for COVID-19 for a second consecutive day. The president has left isolation at the White House to rejoin First Lady Jill Biden at their home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. The president is scheduled to travel to Kentucky tomorrow to view flood damage and meet with families. In eastern Kentucky today, though, several churches cannot be used for services because of the deadly flooding. But Karen Czar with member station WUKY reports from Jackson, Kentucky, as not stopping people from gathering for Sunday worship. Some houses of worship are heavily damaged and have been deemed unsafe to use either because of structural issues or dangerous mold that took over when floodwaters receded. Bill Talby is the pastor of Full Gospel Evangelistic Ministry Church. His group set up in a parking lot along the highway that leads in and out of Jackson, one of the hardest hit cities. On Saturday, they fed hungry residents and today, Pastor Talby will preach here. People need to know that there's still people out there that loves and cares for them. Talby says this community will rebuild just like they've done before with their hard work, resiliency, and faith. For NPR News, I'm Karen Czar in Jackson, Kentucky. Police are looking for a suspect in a shooting overnight in Cincinnati. Nine people were hit by gunfire outside a bar. Authorities say none of them were critically injured. But Assistant Police Chief Mike John says more people might have been shot were it not for officers already on the scene. We had a uh, large police presence just because we've had large crowds here on Main Street for the past uh, month or so. Also in Ohio, police near Dayton looking for a man suspected of killing four people. They say the man identified as 39-year-old Stephen Marlowe is likely armed and dangerous and that they believe he fled in an SUV. Authorities say the victims ranging in age from 15 to 82 were found at multiple crime scenes on Friday. This is NPR News. A new convoy of grain ships got underway from Ukraine's Black Sea ports today. Ukrainian officials say they're loaded with tons of corn and other foodstuffs and left port under a deal brokered by the United Nations and Turkey to address a global food shortage amid Russia's war in Ukraine. Two of the ships are headed to Turkey, while the other two are taking their cargo to China and Italy. The first ship left Ukraine last week. Instagram and Facebook focusing more on short videos, and that's irritating many of their users, as NPR's Neta Ulibi reports. 
Instagram's head went on Instagram to explain how the platform best known for pictures will start looking more like TikTok. I do believe that more and more of Instagram is going to become video over time. Adam Masseri's announcement was met with annoyance by a number of Instagram users, including some of its most popular ones. Kylie Jenner, the third most followed person on the platform, shared a post that read, Make Instagram Instagram again. I just want to see cute photos of my friends. This turn towards video is widely understood to be driven by TikTok. Like Facebook, Instagram is also changing its algorithms in an effort to compete. According to the Pew Research Center, Generation Z is turning away from every single big app but TikTok. Neto Ulibi, NPR News. Colombia's president-elect is set to be sworn into office today. Gustavo Petro is to take the oath during a ceremony this afternoon in Bogota. Petro won the presidential election in June. He is a former member of the M-19 guerrilla group and will be Colombia's first leftist leader. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Melville Charitable Trust, committed to ensuring all people have a safe, stable, and affordable home that allows them to thrive. Information about ways to prevent and solve homelessness is at melvilletrust.org. Hey, Ed, you want to play What If? Sure. How do you play? Easy. Just imagine something that you'd like to see happen. Like having it rain tacos on Tuesday? Or how about a four-hour block of folk and acoustic music on WMNF? You don't have to imagine that. It's happening every Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m. with Postmodern Hoot Nanny, hosted by me, Ed Lehman, featuring new and exciting Americana music along with classic folk favorites. And that's followed at noon for two hours with the Acoustic Peace Club with me, Jeannie Holton, and Nathaniel Cox featuring the best of folk and singer-songwriters with great topical songs and music that matters. Get your four-hour fix of folk music every Sunday starting at 10 a.m. right here on WMNF Tampa. What about my Taco Tuesday? This ain't the Food Network, Ed. The 70s show rocks with K-Tuff. Saturdays, 2 to 4. Come Come sail sail away away with us. us. Many's the day with you I ramble. It's Music of the Isles on WMNF in Tampa. I'm Bill Dudley with co-host Sean Sexton. And the good news is that Music of the Isles is still on the air at 88.5. You can hear us at 6 o'clock Saturday morning just before bluegrass or anytime you want to listen at WMNF.org slash Isles. We'll see you soon on Music of the Isles from WMNF. And we're back on the Sunday Forum. This is Walter L. Smith II, along with the members of the Fourth Estate crew. And we're about to start jamming a little bit here. <laughs> okay. With, with uh, Star Brookings in studio with us <laughs> and her mama. Hey, mama. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, y'all remember this one right here? Rick James and the Temptations standing on the top. Right here on the Sunday Forum. Move that butt me. Let's get it.
813-239-9663. We have Lynette Brookings, star Brookings, right here in studio with us at WMNF 88.5 Tampa on the Sunday Forum. Hey, Temptation Saint! Sounds of Rick James and the Temptations is standing on the top right here on WMNF's Sunday Forum. We have in studio with us Miss Star Brookings. How do you like that stuff? That's good. Good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. that that's you, you yeah. know, you make nah. Mm-hmm. You got, I'm gonna have to do something else. Here. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to wake up. We were out partying for Mom's birthday last night. Oh, I, I wake you up now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. So that you know. I like to say this about our show that, uh, you know, and I'm a real big fan of Eric B. and Rakim. So, um, okay. Next song up, I Ain't No Joke by Eric B. and Rakim right here on the Sunday Forum. Slamming when I'm done and make sure it's broke When I'm gone, no one gets on Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set I like to stand in the crowd and watch the people wonder Damn, but think about it, then you understand I'm just an addict, addicted to music Maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form Write a rhyme in graffiti and every show you see me in Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian Jokers are wild, if you wanna be tame I treat you like a child, then you're gonna be named Another enemy, not even a friend of me Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when You compare my mind with yours I wake you up and as I stare in your face You seem stunned, remember me? The one you got your idea from But soon you start to suffer The tuna get rougher When you start to stutter That's when you had enough of Fighting it'll make you choke You can't provoke, you can't cope You should've broke because I ain't no joke As serious as cancer 
group to keep the avarice dancer Hyper as a heart attack, nobody's smiling Cause you're expressing the rhyme that I'm styling This is what we all sit down to write You can't make it, so you take it home, break it and bite These pieces and bits of all my hip-hop hits Get the style down packed, then it's time to switch Put my tape on pause and add some more to yours Then you figure you're ready for the neighborhood chores The E-M-C-E-E, -E, don't even try to be When you come up to speak, don't even lie to me You like to exaggerate, dream and imagine Then change the rhyme around that could aggravate me So when you see me come up, freeze Or you'll be one of those seven MCs They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that They who think wrong or they who can't do that style that I'm doing They might ruin patterns of paragraphs based on you And you all be DJ if anything he play sound familiar I'll wait to E-Say play him So I'ma have the diss who broke, you can get a smack for this I ain't no joke microphone like a grudge be a whole record so the needle don't budge i hold a conversation cause what i invent i nominated my dj the president when i'm see y'all keep a freestyle going steadily so pucker up and whistle my melody but whatever you do don't miss one there'll be another rough rhyme after this one before you know it you're following the fiend waiting for the punchline to get the meaning like before the mural of my story i'm telling nobody beats the art so stop yelling save it put it in your pocket for later cause i'm moving the crowd and be a record fader no interruptions till the mic is broke when i'm gone then you can joke cause everything is real on a serious tip keep playing and i get furious quick and i take it for a walk through hell freeze your dome then watch your eyeballs swell guide you out of triple stage darkness when it get dark again then i'ma spark this microphone cause the heat is on you see smoke in the finish when the beat is gone i'm no joke, no joke, no joke. ready now huh we ready now you ready <laughs> yeah 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 we have that effect on people here on the sunday form <laughs> call in 813 we are in studio with lynette star brookings candidate for county court judge right here on wmnf 88.5 tampa sarasota st pete we have a call Yes, we do. All right, let's get it. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. What's up, Brother African? What's going on, Brother African? I just really want to appreciate you playing the appropriate introduction song for me. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. You got it. You got it, man. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just really want to appreciate you introducing us to um, uh, the, this candidate for County Judge. And um, I, I just want to say that I think Brother Ron made an incredible point. You know, uh, Ron is always, uh, you know, always has very insightful, you know, just, you know, kind of grassroots ideas to offer. And I really appreciate him pointing out that it, it you know, what you look like is not so much the, is not so much the moving factor. You know, you remember uh, that, Malcolm X, I heard you bring up Malcolm X when he was Malcolm Little and in school. And, you know, but of course, when he became Malcolm X, Malcolm would talk about people who, you know, look like us, but then, uh, didn't work like us and then, and then work in our best interest. Um, uh, you know, even, uh, Fred Hampton, you might recall, said, <laughs> talked about Papa Doc, who was as black as black mm -hmm. as he, right? You couldn't even put a white piece of paper in front of Papa Doc, you know, because right. uh, he was just so black that he ended up doing the worst kinds of things to our people and for our people in his leadership position. When the white, uh, the thing was a white guy, he signed it, white, uh, who called, uh, Simon. Yeah, yeah, I think I know Simon too. I you know he called, asked about this baby and, you know, uh, being adopted or what have you. And the response, of course, was what's in the best interest of the child. I just want to say that I want I I will vote for the judge and will encourage everybody to vote for the judge who understands that the best interest of the African child is 
that Africa is the total liberation of Africa and African people. That's in the best interest of the, of the, of the African child. And so whether that family uh, looks white or looks like, uh, you know, me is, is not the fundamental question. It's whether that uh, the, the family looks like me and acts like William O'Neill, who set up Fred Hampton to get shot and killed by the FBI at 4 o'clock in the morning, or whether the white family uh, looks like Penny Hess, who works like hell for the total uh, liberation of Africa and African people. And that has to be the fundamental question. So it's not enough just to look like me. You have to live like me. Yeah, live with me. Live around me. You know, um, uh, like, as, as you know, uh, 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 Walt, that you know I know Owen Young. You know I know Dr. Kirk Young. Yeah, yeah. You know I know Lena Young Green. And I can go to, I can walk to their house right now because they don't leave the hood. They stay in the hood. And and so I'm saying that, and I just, I, I, I just, I just want to be clear that it's, it's not enough to look like us. That's, that's not the, that shouldn't be the deciding factor. I mean, a lot of people thought that it was the case with uh, uh, Barack Insane, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. You know, there was enough for him to just look like us, but it, it wasn't enough. You know, it didn't, uh, you know, uh, didn't get us where we need to be. So um, I would encourage uh, every everybody who votes to vote for uh, uh, the, the people, not only who look like us, but who demonstrate over and over again uh, and, and can testify to uh, their work that helps the African community move forward. Uh, you know, not just the, the best creme de la creme type Africans, but Africans who been arrested a dozen times and somehow or the other uh, figured out a, a way to become a lawyer, <laughs> you know, when they got rejected by every school but one. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we have to, you know, uh, make sure that those people have, uh, you know, uh, people we put in power have the interest of uh, Africans uh, who not just look like us but live like us at heart. And I hope, I really hope. That uh, the judge that you, or the judge candidate that you have in your form is one of those judges. I appreciate you allowing me. Oh, before I go, I need to say this because I know Joe. You know, Joe used to call. I remember Joe listening to your show, and I just want to say I've been trying to reach you, Joe. Um, but for some kind of uh, reason or the other, the prison is blocking me from reaching you. They're giving me the runaround. I've been trying to reach you, Joe. I know you listen to the Sunday form when you can, but I'm trying to get at you, and I swear it's not my fault. Um, all right, yeah. So that's all I have to say. Hold tight, Joe. Hang tight. They're coming for you, brother. 100%. All right, all right. Uhuru. They're coming for them. Yeah? Mm -hmm. We got these brothers that are sitting behind bars for jive stuff, man. You know, uh, this this marijuana thing, I know you can't speak to it, but I'm just going to point it out. This double standard um, issue with marijuana, where you have people who are behind bars for marijuana. Uh, convictions and are doing time for them that are totally disproportionate numbers. I mean, ridiculous numbers. And now it's legal on a medical level here, but then nothing can be reviewed. Nothing can be reviewed about their cases. Um, the time that they've been given um, can't be reviewed. Um, can you speak to the issue of reviewing cases? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on reviewing cases? Maybe not that specific point, but right. generically speaking. So in the cases that you're talking about, since and in, in generically speaking, if something has already been... So there are organi organizations out there who help in reviewing cases, right? Especially when you go up through the appellate court system, like the Innocence Project. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. come back and they help to review some of those cases, like um, the conviction review unit that we have here in Hillsborough County. So there are some resources in place to do that. And um, unfortunately, you know, we have to just make sure that people have the resources to know where to go to if those cases need to be reviewed. So I point to organizations like those who can actually help in those instances, but so many times these people have been, and we've seen it through the Innocence Project, mm -hmm. they've been in jail 20, 30 years, and then they walk out free because wow. of the work that that organization does. What, 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 okay, so that's one organization, right? But there are others. Um, you know, I would love for, if you're able to, do you know of any others that you can let people know about, any other organizations like that that can help people out? Yeah, so um, I probably have to pull a few up, but I immediately go to the Innocence Project. And of course they would have, 
the most up-to-date information. The, you can type in Google the Conviction Review Unit so they can help you out. Some of the ones that I've mentioned are ones that, are, that I know that are out there actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And if they can't help you, they know exactly where to put you to. I know the ACLU does a lot of work in right. that space, right? So they're another group to look at, the American Civils Liberty Union. I hope I got that right. American Civil Liberties. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I think that gets it. I think that gets just about everybody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. We got another call online. Let's get that caller. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Greetings and good morning to you all. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, I, I wanted to say that Hillsborough County would be lucky to have you as a judge, Lynette, uh, given your experience, your commitment, uh, your hard work, and um, hopefully that will be what happens. I won't have a chance to vote for you myself because I'm in Pasco. So that said, uh, you know, Simple Simon always comes up with these spurious scenarios. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but rarely does the judge uh, be uh, is asked to sit in determining whether or not uh, you have two families vying for the same child to adopt them. That's not the way the scenario works. We unfortunately have lots of children in foster care, a lot of children in need of adoption, and I think it's a, be a very rare thing that you would see that there was, um, um, you know, two families that were going before a judge asked to decide which family was best suited to um, adopt the child. Not to mention, why didn't his scenario do um, a white child being adopted by a black family? You know, exactly the other way around. Why did he choose that it had to be a black child? So, I just don't think that uh, uh, that was a fair question to put before you. And um, one other thing is I want to tell you that justice can't be rushed. I voted for a woman judge here in Pasco County, and I sat in her courtroom one day when she was changing dots. She would, she would move on from one part of the, uh, from I think the civil division, to, from the criminal division to the civil division, because they rotate their judges out. And she said, I want to clear my docket the next week. And what she did was sit on the bench and dispense injustice to people in the attempt to clear mm-hmm. her docket. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is we need more judges. We need more of this. We can't have that kind of stuff going on. And lastly, you know, I'm really unfamiliar with what, if you have an opportunity to, I know you touched on that somewhat this morning. I didn't hear the very beginning of the show, but what's going on with Andrew Warren and the Gov? We're waiting to hear more information right now. We don't know um, much right now. But uh, one of the best prosecutors that uh, anybody could hope to have. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. been suspended. But yeah, we know we know he's been suspended, and and there has been um, an assistant that was that was put in his place for now, uh, appointed by by the governor. Yeah, but the assistant wasn't elected, was he? She no. She no. Okay, so who's who's the gov think he is? Right. The right. Santos, I guess he could be Caligula. <laughs> you heard that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly did. That was a good analogy, actually. It was a very good analogy. So tell me whether or not that, that would actually be a scenario that came before the judge or not in determining whether one family or another gets a child, because I don't think there's a competition like that going on. But, you know. All right. And thank you for uh, for running for judge, and hopefully you'll win. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you bring up a great point because there's actually an adoption review committee. So before it even comes before a judge and whenever you have things like home studies to determine whether or not that's a safe environment for for a child to be in, it goes to an adoption um, review committee. And that's why I was encouraging our community to get more involved serve as a volunteer guardian at Lightham so that you can be the eyes and ears in that room to help determine what might be in the best interest of the child. Because unfortunately, a lot of those those decisions are made before it comes to court, before the judge will grant the adoption. And it's funny, I wasn't going to bring it up, but seeing you did the Guardian of My Lightham program, I have two friends who, uh, and I almost did it myself, uh, I thought I could actually serve uh, in that capacity quite well in advocating for a child who did choose to be guardian ad litem. And they said it was the, the uh, worst thing they ever did. They had tons of paperwork. Wow. They really put an effort into their job, and they felt that in advocating for the child that nobody listened to them. 
it's a, it's a tough position to be in. And, you know, I actually serve as, I'm a board member. I'm the vice president of the Guardian at Lightham Foundation of Tampa Bay. And one of the things that we're trying to do is help with that, help alleviate some of the pressures that the guardians are experiencing and ensuring that these children have the resources that they need in order to flourish and in order to thrive. So it's very paperwork intensive. And I actually started off as a guardian at Lightham volunteer back when I was at University of Tampa. So it's a lot of work, but it's necessary. I so, agree with you. But, but the fact is that it appears that the court uh, doesn't pay much attention to what the guardian items have to say on behalf of the child. That was what their biggest beef was and why they both quit. Yeah, and that's, that's unfortunate. We need more people on the bench who are actually going to listen to everybody in that room, the parents, the guardians, the state, and actually make a determination as to what's in the best interest. That's a, that's a big problem. Well, good luck to you. Thank Peace you so much. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Stay healthy. See you. You too. PC. All right. All right. We're going to have a little more fun here. Right? Let's do it. All right. All right. This is Vertical Hold and Angie Stone. And seems you're much too busy these days. Right here on the Sunday Forum.
right, that's Vertical Hold and Angie Stone and Seems You're Much Too Busy right here on Sunday Forum on WMF 88.5 Tampa. How'd you like that one? That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. That's a good one. Yumiko. Yeah. <laughs> Yumiko, you know, one of the hidden talents that Yumiko is spoken about very rarely, but we said we're going to get her out there with a the microphone. She sings. Oh. Mm. Are we about to hear something? No. <laughs> Not today. No. I tell you right no. now, no, uh-huh. no, no. <laughs> Well, we're going to get her one day. We're going to get her. We're going to get her. <laughs> yeah, just not today. <laughs> just not today. Not today. Not today on the Sunday Forum. No, we, we, we have folks with you just tuning in. Our guest today is Star Brookings. Lynette Star Brookings right here on the Sunday Forum. She is running for uh, county court judge, and we are very glad to have her in studio with us. Um, you know, we, we've heard a lot of great things about the work that you're doing in in the community, right? Um, and uh, you know, I don't think we can hear enough, right? I, I never think we can hear enough. But I think that what you've given us has been is is been profoundly enough for us to be able to expand the discussion, right? Um, and I think that the the issues regarding um, civil cases, um, regarding uh, the Guardian ad litem issue that that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's a very big issue, um, despite the disagreements that we heard over the air um, today uh, between our two callers regarding that. It is a, a serious issue, right? Because we do have a lot of black children that are in the system that have not been that they're not being adopted or you know fostered in any way. Uh, so it, and and there's a there's a lot to be said with. Uh, when you talk about listening to mm-hmm. a judge who listens um, to the people who are there in the room, um, both sides, yeah. and being able to make a, a fair decision regarding that. Um, so, you know, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping we can get out of this election cycle is get someone who is, in fact, that person, right? Um, and... Um, as, as we as we go on and we talk about the issue of violence that we see in the community, we've seen this for this violence take place uh, in different forms, and we spoke of it in terms of the slumlord issue and what we saw uh, at Silver Oaks uh, apartments and other apartments that are like that. And of course, that went into the the housing issue. Uh, but when we talk about violence in the school to prison pipeline, right, that is something that I, I would like for uh, for you to, to talk about briefly, please. So that's that's a huge concern. And I've had a lot of conversations, um, just from a personal perspective. I'm Ross Reinhardt. About things that the children who tend to look like me versus children who don't look like me have to experience and how behavioral issues are handled. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of that, and I'll go back to the fact that I think a lot of people they don't know what they don't know or they just don't care to know. So they don't really get to the root of the issue. And we see that in the criminal justice system as well. And we've seen the history of that and all of the articles that have been written about that. So I always go back to emphasizing the fact that nothing's going to change until and unless we get involved. What about we willful need- ignorance? I guess, I guess willful ignorance would be a good term for that, right? Uh, okay, I'll say it. Willful ignorance. So willful ignorance is something that plays a part in it, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like they don't know. It's like they don't see it. It's not like it's not presented before them um, unless they're completely detached, as you spoke of earlier in the show. There is a detachment from from the community, as Life Malcolm pointed out. Um, you know, if you're not from here, if you're not from the area, then you probably don't understand or know enough to be able to um, to assist in these types of things, whether you're in the courtroom or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, it, it, I am of the opinion, I am of the opinion that it's important to have more judges and it's certainly important for us to have more judges that look 
like the people who are going in that courtroom, the predominant numbers. Um, you know, not to go into conspiracy theories or anything like that, is I, I'm not the one not one to play on that type of thing. Uh, but let's let's be real about the issue of the Thirteenth Amendment, right? And the and the the efforts there are in many states to make certain that they're filling these beds in these prisons that are being built to house these children who they've already determined by third grade mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who cannot, who quote-unquote, air quotes, cannot read, right? So now they determine now, which is absolutely absurd, um, they determine that that's how they are going to count their numbers of beds, mm-hmm. right? That's... If, if you're a judge and you hear that, Like, okay, you, you're not. So, as one who is not, when you hear something like that, how does that make you feel? We're not, we're not giving people true opportunities for growth. It seems like we're just putting people in a box, and then it's all lining down a particular path. And I think one of the... And we have a great judiciary, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say that you know, judges aren't trying to do the right thing. No. But sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. You haven't experienced what you haven't experienced. Right. So there are certain things that are prevalent in our community that are normal to us, but may not be normal to someone that's in our community or that has had our upbringing. Right. So, but whenever I hear that, I always, it's, it's really disheartening because you're basically categorizing these people and putting them in that box. And when you put someone in a box, a lot of times they tend to stay in that box. And that's why I do a lot of advocacy with children and speaking into them. You don't have to be in that box. You don't have to be that statistic, right? Let's break it. Let's break that mold. Let's change that narrative. That's not who you are. I'm looking at you. People are saying you're gonna be the statistic, but I see the power in you. I see Mm -hmm. the promise in you. That's that's a that's a sad thing. When when I've done Great American Teaching, and I'm like, okay, everybody stand up, look to the left of you, and look to the right of you. Every every other person, according to statistics, is going to end up in prison. Like every three, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. For that for that still to be the narrative today. Right in the 21st century, um, for us to play into that, it seems it's like it's like we we're playing into that whole narrative for what, right? Um, like you said, I mean, you know, there are parents, parents that are making the mistake of, of allowing this to happen, right? Um, Teachers that really are only there to get a check. Um, and with that comes with that comes the detrimental work that it does on a child's psyche. Right. Because they're looking at a person who they trust, who they come to school to to to, to learn something every single day. And they come home to what exactly? I mean, or they they come home to what, and they go to school for what? Right? I think that's a that's a very very important reason why it's gonna it's gonna take a, a judge or judges that are um, that are compassionate, that are reasonable in their judgments that are aware of what's happening in these communities and what's happening in these classrooms um, in order to stop this school-to-prison pipeline. There has to be a solution. We talk about the school-to-prison pipeline. We talk about the causes and things like that. But I, here on the show, we, we talk about solutions constantly, right? And we like to hear, we, we love to hear other people's solutions for 
that. And there are a myriad of other of other ways and roadways and pathways to get to achieve and to avoid that type of fate. But wow, you know what? My dad used to always say, you know, he as, as an educator, he's been around the world, but he's never seen anything like this. This is this is like something that, that's so consistent. Something that has to be, you have to believe is systematic, right? You have to know that it's systematic. Because if you don't know the systematic, you're blind. You got to be completely blind. How do you not know that? Like, wow. How far removed would you have to be in order for that to be to be the case? Uh, listen, folks, call in 813-239-9663. We got a, another 15 minutes. Um, is there anything that you wanna you wanna point out? Or do you wanna listen to the next song? I well I do wanna listen to the next song. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's I think it's critical that we we look for potential judges who have been in our community, who have been here with our kids, right? And who are trying to change that narrative and trying to rebuild up that psyche and letting them know that you're not just what somebody told you. You are much more than that. Right. And I know that that's something that I'm going to continue doing um, even if Hillsborough County deems, elects me and puts me in this position, that's something that I'm going to continue doing. And that's something that we need people in that role who we've seen that pattern of them consistently doing that. Because these kids are our future. Yeah. And if not us, then who? Who's going to help change this narrative? We all have to step up and do something. Even if it's, you know, I'm going to go to Great American Teaching. I'm going to figure out something, but I'm going to find a way to speak some life into these children and let them know that they can be whatever they want to be. They can do whatever they want to do. And don't let anyone stop you or stand in your way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Call in 813-239-9663. We are here in studio with Lynette Star Brookins. She is running for county court judge here in Hillsborough County. And, uh... It's just a joke, but we're talking about busting out. So Rick James, <laughs> just a joke, folks, just a joke, just a joke. Rick James and busting out <laughs> here on the Sunday floor. Well, all right, you squares, it's time to smoke. I fire up this funk and let's have a toe. It'll make you dance with some of everything. Everybody get high. Good night. 
That's Rick James and busting out. And busting out. With some serious funk. <laughs> Here on the Sunday forum. <laughs> I tell you we have some fun with this thing. We have some fun with it. We have some fun with it. So uh <laughs> we uh we have in studio with us Lynette Star Brookings and her mama. What is going on, Mom? Nothing. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Pushing that baby through. We're pushing it through. Pushing push, push the baby through. <laughs> pushing the baby through. Yeah, 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 yeah. In every possible way. That's that's exactly right. Doesn't stop, does it? It doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. And that's mom saying that. Um, for those of you who do not know, um, Star's mother is... Uh, is that Sonja Brookings, who is our first ever uh, elected black commissioner of Soil and Water Conservation Committee uh, here in Hillsborough County. And she's been doing a stellar job, stellar job um, with dealing with these issues and making people see a different narrative regarding environmental issues as it pertains to our community. So thank you so much for the work that you do and that you continue to do. Absolutely. And she's, quite often she steps outside of her wheelhouse to deal with other things as well. But she she's a stalwart on this thing. She really is doing a heck of a job. So yeah, thank you, thank you for the service and everything you're doing. Definitely, um, she is a product of the bottom, East Ebor. Yes, uh, and and we're very proud to know that. Very proud to know that uh, people like to write East Ebor out, right? Write them off the bottom. They always did that. They did it when they started out, and what we find is people. Rise up from the bottom, and they get to the top. Yeah, that's get it. to the top. That's right. That's right. You, my mother, you. <laughs> me, <laughs> my sister. I mean, you know, star. You know, it, it, listen, and the list goes on and on and on. There's, there's some real stars that have come out of out of the bottom in East Ebor that people um, people might not know it, right? And they might have even forgotten in some instances. But we got to make sure that we remind them. Got to make sure we remind them. Yeah? Uh, by setting examples each and every day of what we do. Uh, Star, we were so glad to have you here with us again. I can't tell you enough how glad we are to have you here in studio with us um, to talk about um, your candidacy uh, and to uh, get your perspectives on different issues. So thank you for taking the time to do that, to come in and do that with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. We want to thank everybody that called in today um, and, and asked questions and things. We're now at the at the end of our time, and I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, but uh, I do want to tell everybody to please check us out next weekend of the Sunday Forum uh, right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete for another edition of the Sunday Forum with the members of the 4th Estate crew and yours truly, the host, Walter L. Smith II. Uh, we have on the 27th of August, 27th of August, the Toxic Bus Tour 3. Toxic Bus Tour 3 going on. Um, Toxic Bus Tour, for those of you who do not know, is a tour that is, uh, that's been arranged for people from frontline communities to have an opportunity to see what happens with their power company. What happens, what, what have been the impacts from the various companies, the environmental impacts on their lives, the public health, um, the energy burdens, you know, how much are you paying for your electric bill? Why are you paying that much for your electric bill? What happens in case of disaster? Are they, are they paying attention to that at all? Um, these are questions that end up being answered there and have been answered quite uh, every single time that we've done the, um, the the toxic bus tour, and uh, we did two of them last year. One of them, uh, actually, uh, we we had a young lady from our sister station from WUSF, um, uh, who actually was a, a journalist there, and she actually uh, Jessica Mazaros is her name. She actually did a story that actually got net, uh, national uh, award for it, one of the top stories um, of the year. And that was last year. So we really, really appreciate the, the work that uh, Jessica Mazaris did on that. And But we do ask you 
folks to come on out and take part in this. It, you do not want to miss it. I know that Star's been there. Um, Sonia's been there. Uh, Miko, you haven't been there. You got to go work. No, I haven't. Yeah. So, no, Miko's not been there. But I'll tell you what, um, you know, Mobili and I went out and we did investigations um, relative to the Toxic Bus Tour and came back with information that we've shared publicly uh, about the presence of, char- of, of coal ash and, um, and what that means to you. Uh, coal ash is a hazardous waste, for those of you who don't know. Coal ash is a hazardous waste that we store within flood zone areas. Um, and, and Tico stores it. And, gosh, we got to do something about it. Got to do something about it, folks. Uh, so, anyway, listen, check us out next week uh, here on the Sunday Forum. We're going to go out with Bahamadia, and you know how we do it right here on the Sunday Forum. And we'll see you next weekend, folks. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts, to the minds, to the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here. On the Sunday forum. True. In the streets is going rock ride. True. At a show is going rock ride. Here we go with the butters, boo. You know how we do when they pump it in the juice is going rock ride. In the streets is going rock ride. At a show is going rock ride. Here we go with the butters, boo. You know how we do. Landscaping and mentally shaping. Looking at my Gucci, it's about dead time. Represent my peoples on the Illadel side. Live like my 93. Vibe. I used imagination like Han Soul, master like Vic with the offbeat flow. A lady like me in every every O. Rap was way back at the plat with super bad disco. Used to do the feet to Patty Duke and G.